Welcome to the Frequency 49 Show. I'm Paul MacDonald alongside Deepak Gohill and Kev Nalen. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Paul. Hi, Kev. It was another 49ers game. It was another 49ers loss. Uh, Final score for the game, 41 to the Saints, 23 to the 49ers. Seventh straight loss, seventh straight game, giving up a 100-yard rusher. Guys, we've got to try and pull this game apart a little bit. Where do we even start? Well, you, you can't really sort of... This is not on any one person. I mean, it just really underscores what we've said all along is that we have um, a real shortage of talent. And, you know, we're actually making records for all the wrong reasons. We lose two more games and we've equaled... Uh, I think our worst ever was a 1-9 and nine start to a season in franchise history. So, uh, yeah... It's uh, it, it's this is not a, a one fix. This is a, a everything has to be fixed. <laughs> this game started off okay-ish, didn't it? The 49ers, they they, they were competing, um, and for most of the the start of the game, tended to stay within the one touchdown area. One play, one mistake turned this game on its head. And that was the fumble at the one-yard line by Mike Davis. Has any other play been so pivotal in a football game as that one was? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laughing. It's not funny, but I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have to laugh. Don't, if we didn't laugh, we'd cry. Yes. I can think of a few. Um, Roger Craig fumble springs to mind. The context of that is wrong, though, in a way. I mean, with that Roger Craig fumble would have taken us to an unprecedented third straight Super Bowl. You know, I mean, but this is um, this is about trying to stay at two and six. <laughs> mm. This, you know, this this is a game where the 49ers are not not down on down on the their luck is the wrong phrase, really, isn't it? That the 49ers haven't been performing in this game. They were kind of staying in touch with the New Orleans Saints. The 49ers had driven down the field. Mike Davis had made the run and got to the one-yard line. And then all of a sudden, fumble, ball is out, recovered by the New Orleans Saints. And you could pretty much say right at that point there, game was over. There was a noticeable change in how the 49ers carried themselves. I don't think it was long after that. Colin Kaepernick had seven straight incompletions. That, the shift in the game was epic, I think. <laughs> it's it's always a hammer blow when you turn the ball over, but to turn it over when you're knocking on the on the door of, of staying competitive, when you're knocking on the door of, of scoring a touchdown, because, you know, let's not sugarcoat this. New Orleans are not, the New Orleans Saints that won a Super Bowl, mm. you know, they're considerably weakened, weakened side. And this is a game where, you know, to be fair, we had, we were competitive for very, very long periods. But again, it was just that self-destruct button, whatever you want to call it. I mean, a fumble. Yeah. I've always thought a fumble is quite a harsh term to explain how a running back would cough up the ball because these are tough guys and they get hit by tough guys running at fast speeds and it hurts like hell. And to... You could forgive a human being for dropping something if they were holding it, you know. So a fumble is a very sort of chastising way of describing it. But 
you know, you've got to protect the football. You've got to maximise the opportunities when you're that close to knocking on the door of scoring. Yeah. On the one-yard line, you've got to hold on to that football like your life depends on it. Let's look at some of the stats from the game. Um... Let's go from the top. Kaepernick, 24 of 39 for 398 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. First thing I want to say about that, 389 yards. That's flattering, to say the least. Any other defence, and I think Kaepernick would have had, he'd have been lucky to have half those stats. Would you agree with that? Um, to a point, but you know, you've got to give somebody their dues. He's, he's thrown the football. He's, he's almost got 400 yards. When was the last time we had somebody throw 400 yards and score two touchdowns, you know? But I do take your point. It is against pretty much an empty defense, you know? Mm. It's not like the New Orleans Saints of all where they're going to kill your quarterback. They, they used to hurt teams. They were very physical, very strong, very powerful on defense. So I, I, I think to a degree, yeah, you're right. And, and of those 400 yards, 65 of them came to Vance McDonald on there were yards after the catch, really, because it was a short throw. And uh, yeah, and he bolted upfield with it, which is fair enough. You know, yeah. you can't deny Kaepernick the yards that he's earned. Kev, there were a lot of short passes, the five-yard passes. Um, luckily, in these instances, the five-yard passes short of the line of scrimmage seemed to work because we had the likes of Patton and Harris and McDonald all getting the yards after catch. We've got to mention Selleck as well, but we try not to mention him after some of those drops. Um, Receiver-wise, Patton, 106 yards. Harris had 83. Also had 59 yards on the ground. Um, Duan Harris actually did quite well in the game, didn't he, Kev? He did very well. And some of the some of the stats coming out of that is... Um... Yards per attempt, catch and run with the ball. Um, bit of a bright spot compared to some of our offence this season. Mm. I've got to be honest, I wasn't able to watch the first 10 minutes of the game. But we suffered straight away with injuries, didn't we? Eric Armstead was taken off the field. I don't think he returned to the field, did he, after that injury? He didn't, no. What exactly was the injury? Because... With missing the first ten minutes, I didn't see it. It was it's a shoulder injury. He's um, left left shoulder, and apparently he's been playing a bit injured for a couple of weeks. Um, and again, it's a case of if you're a bit injured, yes, it shows a bit of spirit. You want to get out there and play, but it's not doing any long term use for the team or for themselves. If you're injured, then yeah, go either go on IR or just don't suit up for that game and get get yourself back to a state of being fit and being able to play, rather than playing banged up and putting in half a performance. Um, Mr. Reliable was Mr. Reliable again. Three of three for Phil Dawson. Uh, his longest was forty nine. Probably the the best performing player on our team at the moment, isn't he, Deepak? Well, <laughs> he's got a very specific role today, and he and he and he does it very very well. You know, what, he does it very well. Yeah. What can you say? You know, I mean, yeah, power to him, making president. <laughs> yeah, uh, last year's bugbear for me was Bruce Ellington and his fair catches on punt returns. This season's bugbear for me has been the time of possession. 
yesterday's game, quite possibly the worst. I haven't looked to compare the rest of the games, but quite possibly the worst so far. 21 minutes and 7 seconds we had the ball for a third of the game. Now, I know that Chip Kelly's offense is a fast offense, but on one of the drives, the 49ers had the ball for 20 seconds. 20 seconds of game time. That means that the defense didn't weren't on the field for 20 seconds of game time. Now, okay, it takes longer than that to play it out because of the stoppages and all that. But if we take an hour's game, it takes three hours to play. 20 seconds takes one minute to play. The defense were off the field for a minute. No wonder our defense is being destroyed game after game if they're getting one minute rest. This is a Chip Kelly thing, you know, to snap the ball quickly and, and, and get the offense to, to, to execute plays rapidly. And uh, but, but that relies on... The offense being able to make first downs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, if you, if, absolutely. If you, if you can snap the ball, and if you can go through a series of downs in twenty seconds, that's all well and good. As long as you've got another series of downs after that, yeah. and another after that, yeah. we haven't. What we've been having is the offense on the field for a minute, and then back off. The defense, who've barely had a chance to take on a drink, are back on the field again in exhausted state. No wonder we're losing games. No wonder our defence is ranked so badly. But I think this is where, you know, up to now, Chip Kelly's had pretty much a free pass in terms of not being um, a part of the problem, you know, as in no one's really pointing a finger at Chip Kelly. But I think now Mm. Chip Kelly has to become a little bit more visible in his accountability. So what he's trying to do is exactly as you said, you know, fine, if he can get those plays off quickly... And he's got the players to do it with, great. But he clearly hasn't got the players, but he still insists on playing that. So what we need to Mm. see from Kelly is a bit of versatility. We need to see him being malleable enough to work with what he's actually got rather than insist on using a system that only works with players that are capable of executing. Because it's ridiculous. A 20-second drive, that's a coaching issue right there. You know, that's a coaching issue. So I do think we'll probably find more and more. And do you know what? We love scapegoats here in Santa Clara. We want to blame everyone for everything. And I think, rightly so, Chip Kelly has avoided that to some degree. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if a little bit more of the accountability was put on his shoulders. And I think he does need to be accountable for certain things now. Mm-hmm. I want to nip back to... Um... Kaepernick's stats again, sorry, um, because I've just found one here, uh, thanks to Mark Lyon. Kaepernick threw for 286 yards in the first half. 237 of them were yards after the catch. So his actual shots in the air accounted for 49 yards. Now, I don't know how many pass attempts he had in the first half, but it's quite telling that the yardage there is all, well, pretty much all yards after the catch. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's how Joe Montana's numbers were huge. You know, we used a, a mm. lot of short... Ca- we we utilised Jerry Rice on a lot of short slants to get the, the yards after the catch. So I don't have any problem with that, you know. I, I don't think it massages his stats because it's the same for everybody else. And Kaepernick was playing against somebody who's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, Drew Brees, you know, so... 
I know what you're driving at. Can he air the ball out? You know, and can he air the ball out with accuracy? Drew Brees can. Joe Montana can. Um, Kaepernick, uh, at the risk of balking a lot of people off. No, I don't believe he is capable of doing that. Not on a consistent basis. He certainly used to be. Whether the injuries that he sustained through the 2015 season have removed that ability from him because he, he was able to throw the long ball. We haven't really seen that at all this season, have we? Yeah, well, injuries to himself. And also, you've got to remember that he was on a much stronger team, you know, a team that actually had, yeah, yeah. I think it was the best defense in the NFL at the time. And, you know, mm. we had... He had a lot of safety valves. He had tight ends he could throw to. He could throw to backs. He could throw to Frank Gore coming out of the, out of the backfield. And he had receivers that yeah. could gain separation, you know. I mean, Torrey Smith is a deep threat. You know, Ellington. These were his targets. And when you add, and again, I apologize if this balkied people off, but when you add a mediocre quarterback who's throwing to mediocre subpar receivers, then mm. what are you going to get, really? On the defensive side of the ball, um, we gave up 158 yards to Mark Ingram. That's the seventh straight 100-yard rusher. Nearly gave up another one to Tim Hightower. He finished the game with 87 yards. Um, Fumbles-wise, we had three fumbles from Mike Davis, uh, Juwan Harris, Colin Kaepernick, and there was the interception as well. There's just... (sighs) There's nothing positive about this team anymore, is there, at all? There's, there's, I mean, looking forward at the games that we've got coming up, we've got uh, the Cardinals next week, and that's in Arizona. Then the Patriots are visiting uh, on November 20th, followed by us travelling out to Miami. We, we went into this game, didn't we, um, with... You, you could see that there was a way that we may be able to win this game when we, when we were discussing it last week. The... The 49ers defense versus the Saints defense, both not particularly good. Um, if the offense could turn on, which they try, you know, they attempted to do. Looking at those games, there's there's nothing, is there? I mean, we were sort of competitive in this game, but I think more than losing this game, um, I don't know if you guys have read the same article as me, but apparently somebody was saying that the 49ers have got a happy locker room and that inside. You know, there's nobody throwing mm. chairs or, or being all pissed off and gnarly after a game. It's all smiles and, you know, everything's okay. I think that suggests what the real problem is. Is If that is true, that article, then it sort of suggests that the players don't care. And when you've got p- yeah. players on the field who don't care, then you can't go anywhere with that, can you? You just can't. Kev, let's bring you in on this. Um, eight games left in the season. Can you see a win in any single one of those games? Yes. I can see we will get another win from somewhere. Um, Favourite would probably be against the Bears. Um, That's a way, isn't it, in Chicago? It is. It, it is. is in Chicago, yeah. But they're dreadful at home. Yeah, but we're playing away, so... Because they're saying that... Um, for that game, we'll be staying in Florida in between because we've got Miami the week before. Mm. And I've already read that Chip is planning to keep the team in Florida between the Miami and the Bears game. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. So obviously reducing on the travel. They're away 
from a lot of other distractions may be able to get something through to them that week and then they'll be able to uh, play a decent game against the Bears, hopefully. Going back to the game yesterday, um, there's one particular play that I wanted to get your opinion on. It wasn't even a play as such. It was the um, synchronised holding penalties that stopped the Forza United, that stopped the Saints getting in for a touchdown. Perfect planning or just something you don't like seeing? Uh, I didn't see the play, so I can't possibly comment. I think all three were fairly blatant. And initially, the reaction is, oh, that's just more boneheaded penalties. But then, under the circumstances, within the two-minute warning, give the penalty away, you take the time off the clock, you prevent them getting in the end zone, and they settle for a field goal just before half-time instead of going... Going for a touchdown. Ironically, if it was Seattle who did triple holding, it wouldn't even be called. It would have just, <laughs> it would have just been completely ignored. You know. Well, apparently, the story's coming out already that it's being looked into um, to see whether they, the NFL can do or should do something else about it because it was apparently synchronized. It was designed to actually stop New Orleans getting into the end zone because it, I think it left it with about four seconds yeah. left on the well, clock, didn't it? Yeah, um, if, they do, if they do that, though, that's a dangerous precedent to be setting considering teams mm. that deliberately uh, run the clock out for a delay a game penalty, let themselves take themselves yeah. an extra five yards back for a kick, that kind of stuff. Mm. If you start saying, oh, yeah, three deliberate holdings together, yeah, we're going to investigate that further, there's a whole other can of worms that opens. And they really don't yeah. want to be going down that route. Yeah. But, of course, none of these would apply to the Seattle Seahawks. They would just carry on. Play your natural game. <laughs> uh, looking at some of the comments on Facebook, um, Andrew Mitchell, let's be fair, after the bye week, the offense did look more coherent at times. And things may have been different if Hyde was fit. But two weeks off and the defense is the same train wreck. Time for changes. Got to agree with him there. Um, we need multiple changes, both on the field and off the field. Um, Jason Argo, if I was the next player after Kelly goes, there is only seven players max I'd keep from the roster. Jason, you didn't tell us who those players would be, though. Yeah. Um, Mark Lyon, uh, can't see how Jim O'Neill is still in a job. I know I've posted hashtag fire Jim O'Neill quite a few times, but if you're setting up records of terribleness, how can he expect to still be in a job and he wants Eric Mangini back? <laughs> it's a bit bad when you want Eric Mangini back, isn't it? Oof. But, uh, you know, the defence, yeah, it has been ridiculously poor, but when you've got an offence that manages to stretch a drive out for a full 20 seconds, that he's not really getting the rest that it needs. And also, we're missing our talisman. Navarro Bowman is unlikely to return this year. Well, he's not. And he may well just retire for good, you know. So The thing is, even with Navarro Bowman on the field, if he had been yesterday, we are so underpowered, I think is the right word for defence, that it wouldn't have made a difference anyway. I, I don't think. I agree. You know, it 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 may have it may have narrowed the scoreline slightly, but we still wouldn't have won that game. Yeah. But then you've got to look at it from Bowman's point of view. You know, what is he doing here? You know, he, you can forgive him for for trying to chance his one last season at a, to win something, to have something to 
to show for his career, you know. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him, but I think it's probably time for him to go as well, really, because for his own sake, as much as the team's now. A couple of positive numbers. Um, it was Quinton Patton's first 100-yard career game. Uh, Kaepernick now has 2,000-plus career rushing yards, and it was his sixth career 300-plus yard passing game. And Vance McDonald is the first tight end to have multiple 64 yard or 65 plus yard touchdown receptions in a season since Shannon Sharp in 1997, and only the fourth since 1970. So we've got a couple of little positives there from the game. Yeah, great. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very, very, very thin silver lining on a very dark cloud. Watching some of the other games, there appeared to be um, some contenders that were trying out for future 49ers squads. <laughs> so we had the um, attempt at an onside kick, Rabona. Oh, that was so funny. We had the two Jacksonville, Jacksonville defenders crashing into each other and wiping out a easy interception. Oh, it was nailed on that interception, wasn't it? And... Somebody had worse time of possession than us last night. The Raiders kept the Broncos to less than 19 minutes possession. Well, hey, we're not the worst in the league at everything this week. <laughs> silver linings, boys, silver linings. Well, that's it for this episode of the show. We'll be back later in the week with our preview show for the game against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, thanks to AudioNautics.com for the music. Thanks to Rob Newell, James Little, Mark Lyon, Kev Nail, and Andrew Mitchell, Cat Victorino, Gavin Sutton, and Graham Ross for all the work they do on the group and the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook, search the Frequency49 show. It is time to say goodbye, boys. Bye-bye. Goodbye, boys. On behalf of Kev Nalen and Deepak Gohill, I've been Paul MacDonald. You've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 show. Bye for now.